We should give thanks. That's what God wants. He wants you and I to become thankful. Because all things work together for good. To them that love God. To them who are the called according to His purpose. And we have that promise. We know that. Open your Bible, would you please, to 1 Thessalonians chapter number 5. 1 Thessalonians chapter number 5. I'm going to get your help to read one verse with me. I want to speak with you on the subject that God delights in our thankfulness. When you and I are thankful, God really loves that. Now, if you have 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 open before you, would you read please verse number 18? Read it with me now together. In everything, give thanks. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Again, God delights when we are thankful. This word delight, it means something that gives us much pleasure or joy. Literally, the word delight means to be carried away with uh, enticement. That's the idea. You get carried away by something that's really pleasurable. For example, maybe it's your favorite meal. How many here have a favorite food, a favorite dish, a favorite meal? Would you raise your hand? I thought there'd be a few more hands, but that's still a good number. How many just like food in general? How about that? There we go. All right. There's just about every hand. Well, some of us do have a favorite meal. You know, for many, many years, for me, it was a turkey dinner with all of the trimmings and stuff that go with it. That, and it still is a very favorite. But... Um, um, some people, they have certain music that they love. And when this piece of music comes on, oh, they just have to stop what they're doing because they get carried away. They close their eyes. They sway. You know, they get into this, this music, this certain piece that maybe it's a, a favorite song. Some, some young couples, you know, they say, oh, honey, they're playing our song. Have you ever heard that expression? They're playing our song and they'll sit together and embrace uh, or maybe they'll sway with the music or something. Some young uh, married couples. Uh, and for others, maybe it's a, a fragrance or a, a perfume. When I was in uh, Bible college, um, I remember the, uh, the president of the college, he was talking something about this, about, um, about favorite fragrances. And he was encouraging the, uh, the married ladies to wear fragrances that their husbands would like. And then he said... For me, it's, it's apples. <laughs> he said this. And I remember thinking, all right. <laughs> but whenever he smells apples, he just loved it. His wife knew it. And I don't know how, what, where you'd ever find an apple-flavored cologne or something, but she managed to do it and it would just carry him away. And that's the idea of the word delight. And I'm here to tell you that when, when we give thanks to God, he delights in it. Now, how many here have children? Raise your hand. Don't be ashamed of them. Raise your hand nice and high. There we go. Okay, you can put your hands down. Now, I know they don't do it enough, but when your children do come up to you and with a sincere heart and a smiling face, thank you for something you've done. How does it make you feel? Doesn't it make you feel wonderful that you've done something and your children are so happy they've come and they've expressed their gratitude. They said, thank you. Most parents, most moms and dads, 
You know, just love to hear that. And by the way, uh, if, if your mom or dad is older, they still need to hear a word of thanks once in a while. They still need to be told, Mom, you're the best mom in the world. Dad, thank you. You're God's choice. I'm glad you're my dad. They need to hear that. Uh, as they get older, they need to hear that they didn't do such a bad job in, in raising, raising you. So uh, that's just a, a word of encouragement. By the way, how long has it been since you got in touch with your mom and dad and said thank you? Uh, you know, sometimes we're guilty of that, aren't we? We're even living under the same roof. And it's been a long time since we just got alone with mom and dad or just, just told them a sincere word of thanks. I tell you, they really appreciate it. They really, really do. It's so important. And we are like that because God, our Heavenly Father, is like that. When we express our gratitude to God and our thanksgiving to God, He gets carried away with that. It's like music to His ears when we sincerely say thanks. When we stop what we're doing and we take time and we recognize all what God has done and we give Him thanks. For this, God really gets carried away. The unsaved people are unthankful. That comes out in Romans chapter 1, verse 21. That unsaved people, they're all kinds of things, but one thing, they are unthankful. They are not thankful to God. Typical unsaved people. Now, King David knew all about being thankful to God. And we find in the book of Nehemiah 12:46, it says, For in the days of David and Asaph of old, there were chief of the singers and songs of praise and thanksgiving unto God. It's very important that every day we start expressing our gratitude and our thanksgiving to God. You know, if you want to have a spring in your step, if you want your day to be a little bit better, you need to start giving thanks to God. Consider the book of Psalms. You can't read the book of Psalms without hitting you right in the face, the thanksgiving. Yes, there were psalms where they were going through difficulty, but even in the midst of that, they seemed to be able to give thanks to God. I'll read a couple of them for you. Psalm 50, 14, Offer unto God thanksgiving, and pay thy vows unto the Most High. Psalm 69, 30, I will praise the name of God with a song, and will magnify Him with thanksgiving. Psalm 104, verse, Psalm 100, verse 4, Enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Be thankful unto him and bless his name. And Psalm 116 verse 17, I will offer to thee the sacrifice of thanksgiving and will call upon the name of the Lord. Those are just four or five little scriptures out of dozens and dozens and dozens and dozens. Even I had to cross off a few here because I didn't want to cause a tedium here. You know, for years... Now, as a church, for years as a church, we have begun Sunday mornings on a note of worship and praise to God. And we conclude Sunday evenings, because we have a Sunday evening service, by the way. Some people think the Sunday evening is a carbon copy of the Sunday morning. It's not. It's a completely different church service. We still sing the old hymns and we preach from the old book, but it's a different service. And we finish off Sunday night with a word of thanks to God. We try to finish it right on our knees 
Humbling ourselves and giving Him thanks. And I, I have found that God takes care of the giver of thanks. This is something that you do as a parent. When your child is thankful to you, it evokes certain emotions within you and you, you love that child and you want to do something nice for that child and protect that child. Likewise, when we show our thanksgiving to God, God is carried away with this. And likewise, He wants to take care of us and protect and bless us. It's very important. It's very biblical that we do this. If you want to have blessings tomorrow, you should be praising and thanking today. The very first Prime Minister of England, his name was Sir Robert Walpole. He said something. He said, gratitude, that's the idea of giving thanks for things people have done for you. Gratitude is a lively sense of future favors. So if you want future favors, you need to be thankful today. So anyhow, I do believe that being thankful to God will help your life. It'll help transform your life. I'm not going to say it's going to replace those three sacred vows that I've, I've taught you, but it will really enhance your life. Let's have a word of prayer and then we'll get into this. I want to show you two or three things about being thankful. Heavenly Father, we lift our hearts to you with thanks for all of your kindness and goodness to us. And it's true that we are not even aware of all of the things you do for us. We thank you, Heavenly Father, because you are good. You are wonderful, kind, and good, not to just those who are a part of your family and those who love you, but to the unsaved and the unlovely. You're still good. You make the rain and the sun to shine upon the just and the unjust. And the rain and the sun are necessary for the crops to grow. And Father, we thank you that you give blessings to all people. Because that's just who you are. You are good. You're a creator God who is good. And so we truly humble ourselves and thank you from the bottom of our hearts for being good to us. Now help us to gain insight into being thankful. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Ah, let's read it again, shall we? 1 Thessalonians 5, verse 18. I hope you didn't put your Bible away. We're going to read this again. Let's read together verse 18. In everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. When it says everything, what do you suppose it refers to? Everything. And it can refer to the things that we like, and it can refer to the things we don't like, and it can refer to everything else in between. It's true that if you love the Lord, some things are going to happen in your life that you're not going to be too keen about. But the Bible tells us it's God's will for us to give thanks anyhow. Now, a lot of Christians, immature Christians, haven't quite learned that yet. And they are something like the little girl who hated milk pudding. Milk pudding has been around for a long, long time. And it's found in countries around the world. They have different recipes for it. I think in the, in the Philippines it's called leche flan. Did I say that right? Okay, well you know what I'm talking about. Now personally I like it. But there's this little girl I read about who didn't like milk pudding. She didn't like her leche flan. <laughs> and so 
at the dinner table, mom put some milk pudding on the, on the table, and oh, the little girls, you know, little girls are good at drama, right? How many know that? Little girls are, can really be drama queens, eh? <laughs> and this little girl was a queen. <laughs> and she rolled her eyes, oh no, milk pudding. I'm not going to eat that. Well, sweetheart, you're not going to get down from the table. You're not going to leave until you at least have a bite. Well, time went on. You know, the clock was ticking. The other children had all been dismissed, and there she was. And um, she had asked to get down. No, sweetheart, you have to, you have, to uh, have, a, have a bite. Well, all right. So, you know, this face, right? And she puts a spoon of it in her mouth, and, and she finally swallows it. Now can I get down? Well, first you have to give God thanks. <laughs> oh. Well, I'm not thankful, she said. Well, you can't get down from the table then unless you're thankful. So a few more minutes went by. She said, okay, I'm ready. They said, all right. So she closed her eyes and she said, dear God, I thank you I didn't get sick. Amen. Now can I leave? And cute in a way, but it's sort of like many young immature Christians. When things happen in their lives, they respond that way. Like the little girl who hated milk pudding. Is there any kind of food you hate? There must be. Something you hate. Some people might hate broccoli. Right? Boy, at the little birthday party for Leah, I was shocked to find... that how, A few of us were here, right? Yesterday for the little birthday party. The first solid food that they fed Leah was broccoli. And I couldn't believe that. I said, who would feed their... Well, apparently it just happened. Anyhow, there's a story behind that. But, you know, Leah's healthy and she lived just fine to tell about it. And some people have foods they hate. This little girl hated milk pudding. A lot of young Christians or immature Christians. You can be a Christian a long time and still be immature. You haven't really grown much in the Lord. And so when things happen that aren't very good, not very pleasant, the flat tire, the tire, pow, blows and the response, how do we respond? Do we respond like the little girl with the milk pudding? How do we respond? Because God tells us how our response should be. We should give thanks. That's what God wants. He wants you and I to become thankful. Because all things work together for good. To them that love God. To them who are the called according to His purpose. And we have that promise. We know that. So if all things, and I kind of think all things mean all things, that means that we can give thanks in everything. In everything give thanks. And some days it seems everything goes wrong. Some days it feels like that. Some people who, uh, who are, are good at typing, you know, they don't have to look at the keys on the keyboard. They just look at the paper and away they go. Thing is, if they start one key off, all of a sudden, what comes up on the screen or on their typewriter is just gobbledygook because they started one key off. And some days feels like that. Everything seems to go wrong. Well, what do we do? How's our response? Well, it's sad, but the little girl's attitude seems like many younger Christians. Trials and troubles are designed by God 
to make us better, to make us wiser, to make us stronger, to make us stronger in the faith, to make us more thankful. That's why God does it. And when we are more thankful, then God releases more of his blessings in our lives. 1 Thessalonians 5.18. Read it one more time with me, please. In everything, give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Now, once in a while, our trials and troubles will seem so bad that they may feel like we've spilled blood on them. Usually, we all have little things that don't go so well. But then once in a while, we've got, you know, something much bigger. And it's in times like these that it's very important that we pause to give God thanks by faith. You don't give God thanks by feeling. You give God thanks by faith. Faith in his word that he knows what he's doing. Faith in his promises that he's leading you along. And he makes no mistake. And so you give God thanks for these things. Um, You know, most of the time though, to be quite honest, most of the time we seem to walk a sunlit pathway. Most of the time it seems that things go pretty well for us. We've got little upsets and so on. But most of the time, we seem to have uh, a pretty good go at it. And um, I think that it's important that we start to consider some of these things in a little more detail. I want to give you two or three thoughts. Number one is, let's consider the common blessings that are commonly overlooked. Common blessings that we fail to recognize as gifts from God. Common blessings that we, we just gloss over and we forget all about. Let's be thankful for all of the wonderful foods that we have to eat. Boy, there's some great food out there, isn't there? And uh, once a year at our missions conference, we have an international buffet. And boy, oh boy, we know how to buffet ourselves. We have foods from various different countries all on display on the tables out there. And you know, there's some really wonderful food. You don't have to just eat cold cereal every day. There's a lot of variety out there. And this is a blessing from God. Our taste buds, how boring life would be without taste buds. My dear daughter, Becky, is getting over COVID. And she discovered early on, she'd lost her sense of taste and smell. It was gone. Like whereas she used to be able to smell the sweet fragrances and aromas like the rest of us can, she couldn't. She couldn't, couldn't smell anything. That's one of the signs. By the way, if you're here today and you can't smell anything, what are you doing here? <laughs> you should uh, check yourself in. By the way, I do hope that we are exercising some common sense and wisdom and restraint. And if you have a, a cough or, or something, that you make sure you stay home. Um, you know, even if there was no COVID, it's important that we, um, we think of other people. That's why, that's why we, wear, we wear, wear masks. We wear masks, not for ourselves, but for other people. That's why we're washing our hands. It's not so much for ourselves, although it, it can help, but it's a gain for other people. Manners are that way. Chewing with your mouth closed. It's not for your sake. It's for the sake of all the people around you. They don't want to hear that chop, slop noise. 
We keep our mouths closed. Manners and courtesy and always thinking of others. But getting back here, you know, we really need to be thankful for our five senses. To be able to see and smell and taste and hear and touch. These are wonderful gifts of God. And so easily we overlook these things. We really do. There was a a preacher who met a man one day and the man seemed quite gloomy. He seemed to be quite depressed. And he said to the preacher, he said, Pastor, he said, I got nothing to be thankful for. I've thought about it and I've got nothing to be thankful for. The pastor said to him, listen, I am going to do some visiting and I'd like if you would come with me. And so he said, okay, I got nothing better to do. So we went with the pastor and they went into an institution for the, for the aged. And uh, they were poor and they were sick and it was an old rundown building and its management left something to be desired. They made the rounds together. And this fellow followed the pastor and they went from bed to bed and they visited a great number of these pitiful older people. Some were dim of sight and some were quite blind. Some were hard of hearing. Some were quite deaf. Some were imbecilic. And some, their reason was partly impaired. Some were bedridden. Some had wasted bodies. Some were reduced to nothing. Not much more than a shell. The preacher didn't say much to his friend. But when they finished the visiting, he shook hands with them. And the man said to the, to the preacher, he said, Pastor, he said, I've changed my mind. I don't think I'll ever grumble again. This man was able to see people less fortunate than himself. And he went away that day saying things like, I can see the face of, of my loved ones. I can see the sunshine and the first flowers in spring. I can hear the songs of the birds and the uh, uh, singing away in the orchards. Um, I can hear the, the carefree laughter of children. He said, I have my reason unimpaired. I can think. I can reason. I can plan. I may not be well off, but I do have enough. I have a roof over my head. I have food uh, on my table. And I have a little in reserve against uh, a rainy day. Now, most of us here, most of us can hear and see pretty well. Most of us can. So don't wait until you lose these things before you become thankful. Don't wait until you lose your sense of smell or your eyesight or your, your ears or, or anything. Don't wait until these things are gone, but give God thanks now for them. These are common blessings so commonly overlooked. I suggest to you that we learn to smile more. That we learn to give a little more thanks. You know, someone in our church that is a real blessing to a, a lot of people, and myself included, is our dear sister Mel. She, every day, sends these little encouraging text messages to many of us. And we get these, and they're such a pick-me-up. You know, the first thing in the morning, and she sends these. And they're always sweet and loving and positive. There's nothing doomy and gloomy about them. They're always great. So she is a, she's got a natural gift. If you want to be picked up in your spirit, just be around our sister Mel. She's very good at that. 
There's others as well in our church. She's not the only one, but she just comes to mind as being very gifted that way. Praise the Lord we have her and others like her in our church to help us through some of the gloomy times. Hey, let's read 1 Thessalonians 5.18, shall we? You got your Bible open? Let's read. In everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Secondly, I would like to suggest that we give thanks for special blessings. There's common blessings, but then there are special blessings that God gives. And these special blessings, unfortunately, we forget them way too quickly. God does something of a special, beyond and above and beyond nature, and we're thankful, and then we forget it. And that's human nature, and we've got to change that. And we've all had these things. We've all had special blessings happen to us, uh, even if we didn't recognize that they ultimately came from God. They were special blessings. How many here have had a, ever had a close brush with death? You almost died. Anyone? All right, there's a few hands. Isn't that something to be thankful for? But you know something? It's not just you who had a close brush with death that needs to be thankful, but also your loved ones. Can you imagine how life would change if suddenly you were gone? Now you may not think you're making much of an impact on people, but I guarantee you, you are making a definite positive impact on people around you in your life. And if you were to die, if God were to take you, if something happened to you, it would leave quite a hole. So a close brush with death is definitely something you don't want to forget about. I've had one or two of them. And I am so thankful to God for his hand of mercy and love upon me. And these are just the things I know about. How about a close brush with death I didn't even know about? That could have been any one of us here. Any one of us could have possibly stepped down off the curb and then thought, no, wait a minute, step back up as a car whizzed by. No, I think I will go this way. And you step down off the curb and away you go. You hadn't even a clue what could have just happened. A close brush with death. A miraculous answer to prayer where you were praying for something and praying and God gave it. Like a miracle. How about a gift of money out of the blue that helped you to pay some bills, helped you to put some food on the table maybe, something like that. How about leading a soul to Christ? Have you ever had the privilege of helping someone place their faith in Jesus Christ? What a joy. There's no joy in all of life like the joy of helping someone get saved. Now, there's a special blessing. That's for sure. These special blessings are meant as constant reminders. Constant reminders that God is with us. The sad thing is we forget. We forgot. It just happened a day, a week, a month ago, and we've already forgotten. I think that you and I would be much more calm and confident in the face of new danger if we would just remember the old special blessings and how God got us out of trouble the last time. John Newton was that man who wrote the song Amazing Grace. And he wrote these words, His love in time past forbids me to think that he will leave me at last in trouble to sink. Let me read that once more for you. 
His love in time past forbids me to think that He will leave me at last in trouble to sink. So, you and I, we need to learn to give thanks, special thanks for special blessings. If you ever doubt the effectiveness of giving thanks, I want to tell you a cute story that happened to a preacher back in the 1930s. His name was William Stidger. S-T-I-D-G-E-R. William Stidger. You can look him up. Those were back in the days of the 1929 stock market crash and the dirty 30s. You know, there's a special blessing. I thank the Lord I wasn't around for those days. But a lot of people were and had to live through them. I came, uh, I came after, the, I was born in the post office, the post, how did that go again? The mail department of the Second World War, the post-war, that's what it is. Post, I, never mind. Anyhow, back in, back in those days, these, uh, the, the, these preachers were sitting around in a room and they were talking about the state of affairs and how everything was falling apart on them and economy and people were out of work and as they spoke, the more depressing the ad- atmosphere became. And then one of the pastors said, hey, wait a minute. In a couple of weeks, it's Thanksgiving and I've got to tell my people something to encourage them. What can I tell them? And so they got talking and thinking. And this man, Bill Stidger, was sitting there. He was, he'd been a pastor for many years. He was up in his 50s. He'd been a pastor for many years. And he got thinking about people that he was thankful to. And all of a sudden, he thought of the lady that taught him when he was in public school. And this lady, this teacher, went out of her way to instill a love of poetry into William Stidger. And he loved poetry. In fact, it came out in the way he would preach. And he thought, you know, I've never really thanked her. And so he did a little research and he found her. She was up in her 80s at the time. He was in his 50s. And he wrote her this letter of thanks And in about a week or two, he got a letter back. And it was in the feeble scrawl of an elderly person that had trouble holding a pen. This particular lady did anyhow. And it began, My dear Willie. Well, right away. It made him feel so young. He was bald. He was in his 50s. He didn't think anyone was left in the world who knew him as Willie. And here she was, my dear Willie. And it just brought back a flood of great memories. And he just loved it. And so he continued reading. I, I, I have the, the letter here. My dear Willie, I cannot tell you how much your note meant to me. I'm in my 80s, living alone in a small room, cooking my own meals, lonely and like the last leaf of autumn, lingering behind. You'll be interested to know that I taught in school for 50 years, and yours is the first note of appreciation I ever received. It came on a blue, cold morning, and it cheered me as nothing has in many years. Now, Bill Stidger was not an emotional man given to emotion, but he started to weep. He started to cry. The tears rolled down his cheeks as he read this letter. And then he began thinking of other people who'd been kind to him. He remembered an older preacher who was very helpful to him in the beginning of his ministry. The preacher was well into retirement and had recently lost his wife. 
And so Stidger wrote him a, a letter of thanks for his ministry in his life. And the old preacher wrote back to Stidger, and I have his reply. He said, My dear Will, your letter was so beautiful, so real, that as I sat reading it in my study, tears fell from my eyes, tears of gratitude. And then before I realized what I was doing, I rose from my chair and called her name to show her the letter, forgetting for a moment that she was gone. You will never know how much your letter has warmed my spirit. I have been walking about in the glow of it all day long. You know, God will often give you special blessings by the hands of other people. And don't you think that they should be thanked? Maybe there's someone you can think of who's been a special blessing in your life. And what about calling them or writing them a letter or visiting them, but saying thanks to them? I think that's so very important. Thanking these special people by whom God has given us special blessings. Tell you what. Let's read 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 18 one more time, shall we? In everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Thank God for special blessings. But quickly, and I finish on this third one, we need to start giving God more thanks for the greatest blessing. The greatest blessing. <laughs> Tragically ignored. There's common blessings so commonly overlooked. There's special blessings so quickly forgotten. But then there's the greatest blessing tragically ignored. And without question, the greatest blessing is to be part of God's family. Is to know for sure if you died, you'd go to heaven. Without having fear and worry and wonder. But to know for sure that if something happened to you, you'd open your eyes in the presence of a loving Savior. Isn't that good? This has got to be the greatest blessing ever. The Apostle Paul wrote in 2 Corinthians 9.15, Thanks be unto God for His unspeakable gift. And he was referring to the Lord Jesus. Unspeakable, not in the sense that we don't talk about it, but unspeakable in, in the sense that there's no language to properly express. Our language falls far short of what needs to be said about the wonder of the Lord Jesus who came to this sin-cursed world, died on the cross for you and for me for our sins, was dead, buried, and rose again the third day. Hallelujah, He's alive. And I believe that the Lord Jesus is in this assembly today because he promised where two or three are gathered in my name there am I in the midst and it's wonderful to know that Jesus is in the house today amen he's with his people that's one reason why some people don't like to go to church there's something weird about that well the weird thing is the presence of Jesus so they just don't want to be around Jesus and that's why a lot of people don't want to go to heaven because heaven is all about Jesus they say, I'm going to go to hell and party with my friends. Well, they got that half right. They're going to go to hell all right. But they're not going to party with anyone. It's a place of darkness, weeping and gnashing of teeth. The free gift of God is the entrance into God's heaven, being part of God's family. And it comes 
through the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. God put eternal life in Jesus Christ. He that hath the Son hath life. He that hath not the Son of God hath not life. You either have him or you don't. All human beings fail before God. We need a Savior. All human language fails before God to give proper thanks for this unspeakable gift. Were it not for this gift, where would we be? Please turn to the right in your Bible to one last little bit of Scripture and we're going to close on this. It's in the book of 2 Peter after Hebrews, James, 1 Peter, 2 Peter, chapter 1. Second Peter chapter 1, Simon Peter, a servant and apostle of Jesus Christ to them that have obtained like precious faith with us through the righteousness of God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. So Peter is writing to saved people. Grace and peace be multiplied unto you through the knowledge of God and of our Lord Jesus Christ. Of, of our Lord, Jesus our Lord. Sorry, I'll get it right. That means we need to be learning more, getting more knowledge about God every day through our Bible. According as his divine power hath given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness through the knowledge of him that hath called us to glory and virtue. Now here we go, verse 4. Whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises that by these ye might be partakers of the divine nature having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. Folks, we have been given so much and we don't even know how much we've been given. But we're told here, great and precious promises. Promises for cleansing. Promises for heaven. Promises for answer to prayer. Promise for abiding presence of the Lord. Promise for the security of our souls. Promise that the word of God isn't going anywhere. It's stable. It doesn't change. And so on and so forth. Many precious promises that have been given to you and to me. Uh, verses 5 to 8. Peter goes into this little dissertation and he says that we need to add to our, our faith virtue, to virtue knowledge, and so on. We need to add these things. And then in verse 9, but he that lacketh these things is blind. And the idea is mixed or cloudy. Not totally blind, just you can't see very far off. You, you can only see maybe your hand right in front of you. After that it gets blurry, very blurry until everything's a blur. That's the idea. He that lacketh these things is blind and cannot see afar off and hath forgotten that he was purged from his old sin. You know, every day you need to thank God for your salvation. Every single day you need to thank God for saving your soul. Every day give God incredible thanks for his unspeakable gift. We need to finish here. What about Friends and family members that are still lost. Do you have any? Do you have a mom or dad? A son or daughter? A husband or wife? Who's not saved? If they died, you'd never see them again. They'd be in hell. Boy, we need to be burdened, don't you think? We need to pray every day for their salvation. You should have a list of names of unsaved people you're praying for on a daily basis. You might wonder, Pastor, I'd like to do that, but I just don't feel much of a burden for lost people. How can I develop a burden for lost people? 
And the answer is very simple. Become very thankful for your own salvation. The more thankful you are that you are saved on your way to heaven, the more you will get burdened for the salvation of others around you. My Christian friend, my brother, my sister, how deep is your burden for the lost people in your family? Maybe it's an uncle or a grandparent. How burdened are you for the lost people that you see every day at work or at school? We live in a massive city of 650,000 people. It's pictured with that map over there. 650,000 people. How burdened are you that these people not go to hell. We will develop our burden the more thankful we are to God for our own salvation. And this is my recommendation. Come. We're going to have an invitation because I think it's appropriate because we've got a communion service and it would be a marvelous opportunity for you to come and say, Lord, I'm presenting myself here. Please increase my burden for the lost, as I give you thanks for my salvation. Help me, Lord. God wants every single Christian, man, woman, young person, to be some kind of a soul winner. Something. It'll only happen as we give God the thanks and the glory every day for our salvation. Well, we must hasten on. I'd like to ask you to stand to your feet and we'll have a word of prayer. And after we pray, I'd like to invite you to come on this special invitation and come and if you possibly can, get on your knees, humble yourself before God on your knees and ask God to accept your thanks for your salvation. Thank Him that you're saved and then ask Him to burden you for the salvation of others around you. Maybe you would do that. For the Lord today. Thank you for watching the message today. We invite you to join us again every Sunday and Wednesday for more inspiring messages from God's Word.